0: welcome to the enlightened practice podcast brought to you by the luminello electronic medical record folks here are your hosts dr. Ken Braslow and dr. Carrie Kagan hi
1: Kerry. good uh, good to have you back in the studio
0: thanks Ken good to be here
1: so we uh, last time we left off talking about uh, the challenges of scheduling and uh, setting limits in your schedule finding just the right balance of what works for you, what works for your clientele. Um, Today, I thought we'd talk a little bit more about how scheduling uh, is different for new grads versus if you're already established in practice. And then maybe we could talk a little bit about online booking, uh, which introduces a whole other layer of incredible time saver and also can be uh, introduce its own new set of challenges. Um, so I'm curious when you, uh, started your practice, uh, what was your thought process in terms of a schedule template?
0: Yeah, I do have to go back in time and channel, you know, early new career psychologist, Carrie, but, um. Uh, So I'll be curious to hear what your process was as well. Um, I I remember thinking through a a few things. So one was um, the experience that I wanted to get. So that was a big consideration I I thought of when I was thinking about the kind of schedule I wanted to make for myself and how flexible I wanted to be was the importance of the kind of client of, yeah, like the range of clients that I wanted to see and how I was willing to how much I was willing to be flexible in my schedule in order to get those experiences. So for example, if I was really wanting to see insomnia patients at that time and I happened to come across one or I get a call from one who could only meet at a certain time that was outside of my ideal schedule um, there was a good chance that early on I would have been willing to be flexible in order to gain that experience because gaining experience was so important to me. I mean, still is, but really, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I was wanting to develop more of an expertise, you know, I I wanted to prioritize getting more and more experience right. over schedule. So that was something that I considered in terms of how um, rigid or flexible to be, it was, you know, what kind of experiences was I looking for? And then, um, and then some advice that was given to me early on was to first create my ideal schedule in terms of just hours. And for whatever reason, certain hours were better than others. So am I a morning person or a night person? Um, breaks, what other things are going on in my life at that time. And then from my ideal schedule, like to create my ideal schedule and do my best to fill in, you know, based on the hours I had identified that were ideal for me. Um, And um, that was helpful just to as like a thought exercise to You know, because it was kind of a new experience to be in control of my, at least in private practice, to be 100% in control of my schedule that I can literally work any hours from 6am to 10pm if I wanted. Um, So it was helpful to just think through what would ideally work for the kind of lifestyle that I want to have. And then to do my best to hit that mark. And then if I were, was going to step out of that, you know, I'd want it to be for a good reason at that time, such as like, it was really important for me to get a certain kind of experience with the client, like I was saying before. Um, so having my, my ideal schedule was, was helpful just to give me some like focus and structure when I was talking with new, when I was considering taking new clients on, um, Another thing that I thought through early on in terms of my schedule um, was the kind of clients that I was seeing. Um so I work with adults, and the primetime hours for adults are early mornings and evenings after work. Um so especially getting started, um when another you know a high priority was built, you know, in addition to, getting certain clinical experiences was just uh, make, you know, like running a business, right. Needing to have clients in order to stay in business, if you will. Um, So that was something that strongly guided the early building of my schedule was, making sure that I had hours at times that would, that would fit the population that I was working with. So mornings and evenings. And so with that in mind, I did have a longer day with more breaks. So, you know, if I was seeing an 8am client before work and also a 6pm client after work, that's a pretty long day. And that, you know, that really was what I felt it took to, really like build the momentum in my practice. And I just adjust. I had the luxury of being able to adjust my life a little bit around that schedule. So um, I didn't have kids at that time, for example. So I could, you know, go, I could fit things in in the middle of the day, like go for exercise or go home really quickly, because my office wasn't too far from home at that time. Um, and it was just kind of a new norm to wrap my mind around that, like, I can, that I didn't have to be working nine to five, um, that it could look a little bit different, and that could still be working. Um, and then also just using those extra hours for other things like doing, um, uh, like doing research for a client or trying to, you know, learn a, a certain kind of treatment that I was, wanting to learn more about. So making use of the time that I wasn't seeing clients um, was, you know, what helped me to kind of be more comfortable with that longer day kind of schedule and the extra hours in between. Mm -hmm. Um, So those were some, those are some of the things I'm recalling at the moment that were factors that I took into consideration when developing my schedule early on. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure there were others, but I'm curious to hear about your yeah
1: it's really interesting uh two pieces of advice i got one more what the first one was don't start full-time it's just too much pressure um get us a, a gig where you're employed at a clinic or somewhere something that pays the bills and that way you can have a lot less pressure in terms of filling your schedule um yeah. And I uh, thought about that and probably did that for a month <laughs> or two um, once I was uh, uh, able to uh, be on my own. But um, I th- I, in general, I, I think it is good advice uh, if you can pull it off. Um, unfortunately, what ends up happening in that scenario is sometimes your part-time job becomes... they. You only get paid part-time, but they really want you there full-time. And then you're drained at the end of the day and it's hard to run a private practice with just a few patients uh it could be considered a labor of love at that point but maybe you're just breaking even and all of the whether you have a full practice or a tiny practice you still have to do the same amount of work in terms of systems and policies and infrastructure and uh, so it's just a lot of extra burden to weigh if you're not going to be in it at least half time i think um, the other piece of advice I got was to work backwards, to figure out how much money do you want to make and uh, divide um, how many how many weeks a year do you want to work and how much are you going to charge and do the math and figure out ah, how many hours you need to work on average per week in order to hit your goal and then and that's course not taking into account all the expenses of running a private practice and that could be hard to estimate Uh, maybe that should be our our next session Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um doing the math and then figuring out what is um icing on the cake after that and then to think about your life and uh, how quickly do you want to get to that goal So if you need to get there right away or want to get there right away, then you have to be more flexible in terms of your hours. And for sure, there's prime time hours, and then there aren't. And before work and after work are prime time and weekends. And midday, you can hear crickets at times. Um, So... That's uh, one challenge. If you say, you know what, I I don't need this or I'm going to take the slow boat to get there, then you can be a lot more uh, picky in where you're going to draw your boundaries. Yeah. Uh, So what I found was at the beginning, I ended up taking on any case that called me because I wanted to fill my schedule. And then I realized that's not a good idea, that any cases, I'm I'm all for having variety. I really enjoy uh, that there's so many different types of cases we can see, but there are some that I feel like I'm just not the right fit for. So for example, I love working with kids and families and parents and and adults, but if we get into complex geriatric cases, uh, dementia, people on multiple medications, Uh, for their general health, along with mental health issues. Uh, That's just outside of my expertise. And I took some of those on anyway, because I wanted to fill my practice. And then I realized I'm just not the right fit for these people. And I ended up feeling a lot of pressure. Uh, So being able to uh, not only just tell people, here are my limitations on my hours, but also in the intake process to be able to tell them here's the limitations on what I see and don't see clinically mm-hmm. is not necessarily a drawback. It makes people realize either really you're not the right person for me or wow, this is great. You specialize in what I'm looking for. So I think it's a win win and not just setting boundaries with time, but also but that uh, um, that overlaps with what you're going to see clinically. Uh and then one more point. When I started out, I, um, it was a little slow going. And then I um, finally, my name got on the website of one of the insurance companies I was taking at the time. And literally within a week, my practice was full. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. wow. Um, yeah. That, you know, I haven't looked back since then. So we could talk about how, maybe as a different session, how to keep your practice full uh, or right. close to it. But um, that's certainly one way if you're going to be working with insurance or other referral sources and they're going to be sending you a lot of people, then you can be more picky and choosy with your hours right at the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The the other thing I was just remembering um, from early on was, I, at that point, of course, just getting started, and I think this might be the case for a lot of people just getting started, is you might not get as much say in the days and hours you have if you're subletting your office. <laughs> and, I rem- and I'm just remembering that now, that Good that was point. actually a big part of what determined my schedule was just like, when am I allowed to be in the office? Um And that's just something to take into consideration for when you're picking an office, right? That like to find out when it's available and um, are there, you know, evenings available, for example, if you're wanting to work in evenings and, you know, it's all kind of related. Um, But I'm, you know, I'm remembering now that that was actually a pretty important thing, um, finding an office space that had some of those primetime hours available. Um, And if it, didn't, I might not have picked that office. Um, mm-hmm. uh, mm. That just popped into my mind. Um, right. um, there was another thing that I had just remembered um, in creating my schedule um, early on. Oh yeah. And it, this was kind of what I think you were just alluding to that, it hap- kind of happened for me like that as well, that it seemed like kind of out of the blue, my, well, you had a clear, like, uh, precursor, which was like got getting on an insurance panel and then uh-huh. you got all these clients. And for me too, I can't, maybe it was a similar thing. It was one of these um uh, local insurance panels if you will like lira health where all of a sudden there were a lot of referrals and I remember a feeling of slight disappointment or regret that I didn't have space for some of the clients that I really wanted to see from a clinical perspective like if again like at that time I think what I was really focusing on was insomnia. And so if an insomnia client came in and I didn't have space, I remember feeling disappointed that I didn't. And so it was a, you know, one of those hindsight moments that I would then, you know, I would want to pass on to someone just getting started is to have a little bit of patience and faith in the process. Like, you know, to, like you were saying before, like to not, you know, fill every single slot just because you can, that it, you know, if you can, even if you have an open spot for a couple weeks that it, you know, to be able to save some spots for the clients that you really want to see for whatever reason, if it's something you're trying to get more experience with, or it's something that you feel the most competent in treating um, you know, there's value in, in at least from a clinical perspective, I I recognize that there's the business side of things too. And that has to be taken into consideration, but from a clinical perspective, there's value in, Saving some spots for, you know, the clients that feel mm-hmm. like the best fit for you. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good point. Uh, as you were saying that, it made me think of a, a couple of other my startup memories. One was the first summer I was in practice. I was like, "What had just happened? Um, did I just go out of practice?" Like I didn't realize there was this concept of the summer lull that oh, yeah. everybody goes on vacation, especially working with families and yeah. all of a sudden I had like no patience in August and I didn't know what was going on until I talked to my colleagues and they're like, oh yeah, that's why everybody takes off in August. you should too. Yeah. And I was like, right. oh, I wish I would have gotten the memo on that one. <laughs> so um, to as you're doing the math and thinking about income and um, maintaining um, a steady practice that around the holidays, summer break, uh, invariably, people will cancel. And mm-hmm. you're going to end up with days that you have big holes in your schedule. And, and maybe that's okay, and it's refreshing. Or maybe it's better that you just take that day off and enjoy it f- you know, fully, um, as opposed to you taking off other days that you'd have a full clientele. And now you're giving up uh, those k- revenue on those kinds of days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so so taking into account the lulls is very important um yeah it's challenging starting up you know there's no rules uh, yeah. part of it. it's it's like wonderful there's part of this freedom that you get when you're in training it's like or if you're working in a clinic uh you got to p- play by their rules and there's sort of excitement about i get this whenever i want and yeah i remember um having 8 p.m patients and thinking like, yeah, this is great. It's great for them. And I'm done. And then I can stay up late afterwards. And then (laughs) that faded pretty fast. Uh, So it's I I think it's useful to think about that this is my template maybe for starting out, but that in six months and a year, it's subject to change. And the challenging part there is what happens if you've given a client or a patient a a prized prime time slot and then you can't or don't want to meet at that time anymore and I'm curious how you handle that.
0: Yeah. Well, I've been in that situation before um where I decided to make a radical change in my schedule from working evenings to not working evenings when I had many clients in evening spots and genuine transparency was my approach just letting them know that my schedule was changing and um you know what that meant was we were gonna have to find a time um earlier in the day and i was well where i was willing to where i was hoping to meet some clients halfway was to offer virtual sessions at that time so that actually helped a lot and when i made that transition because clients could meet from work um so they would stay mm-hmm. at their office mm-hmm. close their door Log in, and we could do. Then that allowed us to do um, daytime sessions. If I felt virtual was a good fit, obviously, right now everything is virtual. But yeah. um, at that time, anyways, uh, you know, I wouldn't have forced that, or I wouldn't have offered that option if I didn't think it would be the right fit clinically. Um, in which case, there were clients that I ended with um, when I had to make that that schedule change, um, and again, did so in a. Clinically responsible way. Like, I didn't end the next week. You know, we did like maybe a month long transition or something like that, where we worked on um, doing a warm handoff to someone else or terminating if that was appropriate. Um, But when it came time to make a really uh, big shift in my own schedule because of some stuff that was going on in my life, which at that time was having kids. uh, that became the the highest priority. and I found that I could um, I could kind of do it all where either you know clients could actually be a little bit more flexible than they had thought and that I had thought, or that it was gonna be okay to transition them to someone else and that and I had to be okay with that if I you know wanted to to change my schedule and they were. sometimes it was uncomfortable, sometimes it was hard conversations to have, but I think ultimately it was the right thing to do because, it doesn't feel like the right thing to do when you're sitting across from a client and you really don't want to be there or your mind is somewhere else. Um, So yeah, I did, I went through that change and I'm so like, I would strongly encourage anyone considering to make that change um, to, to do it. Of course, again, in a very responsible way, clinically speaking, but um, you know, it's, I think it's important to make the, to have the schedule that you want. Um, I think that will always be in the client's best interest. Um, yeah. Have you had Yeah, been-
1: no, and I don't blame them for being disappointed, you know, to get this great uh, yeah. time slot and then to have it fade away, especially if you're in the middle of really powerful work and they've yeah. invested a lot of their uh, vulnerability and their time and uh, yeah. energy into it and uh that's those are times when i i think about clinically um it, if it's indicated and useful for them talking about my experience and the challenges and using that as a way to m- a model for them uh, working through internal conflict but also just validating that yeah sometimes there isn't always a great answer and trying to be flexible and meet them halfway but also trying to um, to just empathize with, with them and kind of commiserate uh, and talk about our shared disappointment. So at least to have the transition or the termination be as um, clinically meaningful as it could be, even if the work yeah. isn't really done. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah uh okay well i noticed we didn't get to online booking today is there anything else you think we should add to our list for next time on this uh topic
0: um i do no, know i'll be curious to talk about online booking because i don't do that so i would love ah. to hear more about your experience okay. and i can talk sure about why i made that decision <laughs> um, oh, okay that,
1: that sounds great yeah Okay. All right. Well, yeah. thanks again for uh, making my head spin, thinking about all these different uh, uh, memories from the distant past. And um, yeah. now I'm going to go take a look at my calendar and see what needs to be. Uh, <laughs>
0: Me too. Talk to you soon. If you like today's podcast and want to hear more, don't forget to click the subscribe button. And to learn more about starting and growing your own private practice, go to Luminella.com and look for the Private Practice Hub.